Six Feet Under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira. And Des. All right, we're back here for episode two of season three, and who do we have to join us but the lovely Claire. What do you say, Claire? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Claire is from England. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. she's classing up the joint with her english accent yes yes, yes i am i'm bringing bringing the queen's english yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the intelligence of this podcast has now been raised by one point <laughs> All right. oh wow i have to do something about that <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad you're back and uh as i said to you in a uh, previous email i i do hope that uh um, if this episode didn't uh, reestablish their their faith in Six Feet Under, maybe you can help me. This episode was supposed to establish our, uh, reestablish our faith. Uh-oh. <laughs> a, a, a little bit, I think. Uh, you never know. Uh... Um, I just slipped in the title. Okay. So uh, let's get on with the, uh, the, Darwin, <laughs> the Darwin Awards. <laughs> in which I honor the idiots in history that snuff themselves out before they reproduce. So, um, yeah, this is uh, a a story. I I couldn't exactly find a funny story about a guy who guns down his entire office, (laughs) Um, but I did find a story about pills and suicides. So this one's called, If Only This Had Actually Worked. So... Uh, This took place in 2001 in Michigan. A 28-year-old demolition worker attempted to commit suicide by washing down nitroglycerin pills with vodka. Normally, suicide is not worthy of a Darwin Award, especially since he survived. But this man's failure was exceptional. After swallowing the pills, he then tried to explode the nitroglycerin by repeatedly ramming himself into a wall. What? Uh, uh he was treated for bruises and released from the hospital with counseling. <laughs> wow. Oh, like, wow. I, and yeah, he, really, this should have worked. <laughs> um, so uh, we usually play a promo right now, but since we haven't been uh, focusing on ourselves enough already, uh, maybe we should uh, do our own promo. But um, rather than just play our own promo because that would just, you know, you're already listening. I, uh, wanted to kind of subtly promote Ramjack by playing their critique of our promo. And they actually did us a favor by, um, uh, reviewing the promo that we did previously and, um, then making one for us. So without further ado, here is Ramjack. Last episode, uh, we promoted CarniCast uh, with the emotion of anger. Ugh. And it was, it was very effective. I think Claire said that their numbers have uh, quadrupled. Really? Indeed. Quadrupled, some might say. <laughs> and so I, I feel we should do this service again for another sure. podcast. Um, they've played our promo recently. So uh, we'll be promoting the show FisherCast. It's a Six Feet Under podcast. And if their promo was played at 1.5 speed, as all promos should be, except ours because it's awesome, it would sound like this. Yeah, 
past a Six Feet Under retrospective, we're just dying to make your acquaintance. The critically acclaimed and Emmy Award-winning Six Feet Under aired on HBO in the early 2000s for five seasons. It was a quirky drama that took a darkly comic look at the dysfunctional Fisher family, who run an independent general home in Los Angeles. I'm Robin, and one of my favorite shows has always been Six Feet Under. I find the most fun way to rewatch any great series is with friends who have never seen it. So, following the format created by the great Buffy rewatch podcast, Potential Cast, I've invited my friends Dez and Moira to watch it with me. So, hop in the green horse with us, and let's go for a ride. If you've seen every episode, this is a fun way to rewatch it. But if you're new to it, like us, you don't need to worry about spoilers. Visit us on the web at fishercast.blogspot.com. Or find us on iTunes. Just search for Fishercast. Fishercast, the Six Feet Under retrospective. Every day above ground is a good one. <laughs> um, now, obviously, uh, uh, their promo is just not effective. It's, it's not working. No, it, but no. you know what helps is when you zoom through it. Well, I think what would help more than anything is promoting their show and making an emotional connection with a listener. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, uh, well, I, okay, I'm, I'm new to this. Uh, Alex has experience with this. Hmm. Uh, so, Brian, what is, what is the emotion that I need to? I, I'm an actor. I can do this, Right, I think. right, right. So I think we should channel the emotion, because it's, it's a show about a, a family that runs a, a funeral parlor. Sure. So I think we should maybe go with the emotion of fear. Fear. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Uh, give me a second. Oh, I just, I just don't know what we're going to do, Brad. I... <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm so scared. There, There's not enough quality podcasts out there, and I just, I'm afraid that I won't have anything to listen to on the treadmill. I'm afraid there aren't enough people listening to FisherCast. Oh, did you feel that? I felt what? a chill up my spine. Oh, my God. It was the chill of bad podcasting. What, what, can, what can save me from... Oh my god, it's right around the corner. I saw something. Oh god. I saw something. Oh god. It was created by Alan Ball, the TV show. He wrote five women wearing the same dress, and that play scares me. Because <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh Seriously, that, that, that play really is fucking everywhere. I'm it's a really, bit ubiquitous at this point. I'm but anyway. Really sick of it. Ah! Ah! Oh, oh my look god. over there. Look over there. It's a, it's a moldy piece of badly edited, badly recorded Frankenstein mashup. Podcasting, and it's coming right toward us. Well, how do we, we stop it? How do we stop it? The only way we can possibly ward it off is with a bit of quality podcasting. And of course, when I say that, I mean I am referring to, of course, the Fisher Cast. Yes. I hope it worked. Oh my god. I'm scared. I'm scared that you aren't listening to it. I'd hold you, Brad, but you're not a really touchy feely person. I'm not. That would terrify me. Don't touch me. <laughs> I'm going to put in my earbuds and close my eyes and just listen to the Boy. Fisher Cast. I just want to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I, think we, I think we did well. That's, I, I think that's quality promotion. Yes. It's, 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 an emo- it's not an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. I think my four years of uh, acting, education, and college served mm. me well just then. Indeed, indeed. That's 30 shows, 30 shows on my resume. I think, I think I just used all of that, all that training. So if you come up against a bit of horrifyingly bad podcasting, just play that zipped-up, zoomed-up version of the uh, FisherCast promo, and all of those evil podcasting spirits will be swept away. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> okay, so we're back. That was really, really funny. Awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> So thank you so much, Ramjack. It was actually it was actually Brad and a co-host, right? It wasn't like the regular, the regular. It guy. was John Pernasek of Cough Syrup. Right, right. So Ramjack and Cough Syrup, go check them out. Um, great podcasts. They get a Fisher Cast uh, recommend. 
And uh, please just play them at, you know, two times speed on your iPod just to get revenge on them. <laughs> so um, without further ado, well, enough of the further ado, uh, let's let's get into open casket viewing and our episode discussion of You Never Know. Moira? Alrighty. Rico and David disagree about doing business with the family of a telemarketer who died under disturbing circumstances. David and Keith get a taste of family life when they're invited to Nate and Lisa's for dinner. Ruth makes a brash new friend, Bettina, while caring for her pill-popping sister, Sarah. Claire has problems with her new tattooed boyfriend. Lisa and Nate find Carol unbearable. Written by Scott Buck and directed by Michael Cuesta. That makes it sound like the problems are because he has tattoos. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like she has problems with his... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand why that uh, modifier was important, you know? I mean... <laughs> All right, well, let's let's get into it. Um, it starts off with uh, Joe Marty, and he's making himself some mac and cheese. And he turns on the gas to his stove, and immediately you're thinking, hmm... <laughs> This is going to be explosive. Uh, but then he gets a phone call from a telemarketer. And as he's trying to, you know, get him off the phone, all of a sudden he hears over the phone, he's got a gun. And then we <clears throat> go into the office of the telemarketing place and we see Daniel Showalter uh, making his way through the office with a shotgun and shooting people left and right. He goes into um, the manager's office where manager Andrew Milne is there with his secretary, and he shoots Andrew. And uh, then, as his secretary cowers in the corner, he realizes that his gun's out of ammo. So then he pulls out a revolver, and we think he's going to shoot her, but then he shoots himself. And then we go back to Joe's house where he burns himself with a match. (laughs) So, pretty frightening opening, I would say. Can you imagine being on the phone during that? You know, that, oh, that would be terrible. Not being able to do anything. I mean, you could call 911, like, from your cell phone, but Mm -hmm. by the time they get there, you know, people will be dead. It's, Mm -hmm. that's horrible. Also, he doesn't know what company it is, does he? No, he probably doesn't. they say they'd have to trace the call, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that'd be horrible. Yeah. So does anybody uh, watch American Horror Story? Yep. Yes. No. no. Yes. Uh, Tate did this. <laughs> well, not only that, but the guy who plays Daniel Showalter is actually Dr. Charles Montgomery from American Horror Story, the uh, the doctor who works oh. in the basement. Oh, it's not it's why he looks so familiar. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I, I didn't know where I'd seen him before. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, we go from... Um, the uh, post-mortem credit, I would say, whatever you want, the, the uh, epitaph, uh, is that what we want to call it? No, it's not an epitaph. It's just a printing of the name and dates. Right. What is that? I don't even know what it's called. In memoriam. In memoriam, sure. <laughs> you know how they do on the award shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then right in Dez's face is Maya in her uh. crib looking adorable. And not really. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then we go to Nate and Lisa. And Nate's trying to get a little bit of morning nookie, right there in front of his baby. Ew. Yeah. that baby's gonna be traumatized. He's trying his best to ignore it. <laughs> 
And you know, it's yeah, a pretty big house. I'm amazed that baby doesn't have its own room. No, it has a family bed. Remember? Mm. They have a family yeah. bed. Ugh. I can't believe there's a crib in there. <laughs> I know. I was surprised there was a crib, too, since yeah. the baby obviously doesn't sleep in the crib. No. Can I can I get something in near the start when we're recording? Because I know, obviously, I, I guessed it on last season, and I kind of mentioned that I'm not the biggest fan of Lisa. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's even more irritating in this season. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I just wanted to get that in there. No, I mean, like, in no, this episode. So far, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. I just need to get that in there. I agree with you, Claire. I, I don't like, I even like, I don't like the way the actress delivers all the lines in this really breathy yes. way. And, oh, yeah. She's very annoying. I don't like the actress as it is. Oh. I like no, her. I don't. I've seen her in a lot of stuff, and I've not liked her really yeah she's sorry she's in an x-files episode claire i know and i know which one it is oh, as well okay. yeah just, but I won't just preparing you early other uh, other x-file podcasty people might be listening yeah it's true um on um supernatural last last night there was cry check mm-hmm. x-files yeah i was excited i like him i only vaguely know who that is he's awesome don't say anything okay uh, <laughs> so um yeah nate's trying to get some play and uh the phone rings and they let it go to the message but of course that answering machine is jacked right up and we hear carol bellowing over it she knows that they're there they're the car's in the driveway <laughs> and she does not want to be ignored and she has one hour for carbs so lisa better answer the phone she's the world's most annoying boss ever i would not work for her <laughs> I just love seeing her be mean to Lisa, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, and Lisa's a big doormat. Yeah. Uh, speaking of doormats, in the next scene, David is singing, uh, at the, you know, in the morning and kind of driving Keith nuts. And I can imagine that would just even somebody who doesn't need anger management or I don't think I need anger management. Um, that would drive me nuts, too. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I guess he sings in his sleep and uh, Keith had to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're having a little morning moment. Keith is mending his uniform. And then we go over to uh, the Fisher residence where Ruth is considering her pizza rolls coupon. And we know really quickly she really has no life right now. <laughs> oh, Ruth. <laughs> And Claire rushes out the door, and Sarah calls. Sarah leaves a message asking Ruth to come to Topanga Canyon. Then we go to Rico, who's counseling the widow of Andrew Milne, uh, the manager. He's really at a loss for words. Um, and But Nate comes in, and although Rico's annoyed, he shows Rico how it's done. Rico Rico's not very good at this at all. No. He really isn't. He shouldn't no. do intakes. Oh, he shouldn't. <laughs> I know there's been a lot of, obviously, Rico hate and stuff, mm-hmm. and I've kind of stood up for him, but I have to say, in this episode, Rico is a complete and utter dick. Yes, he is. Hate him. Oh, I wanted to punch him in the face. He, oh, Although, I, yeah. he did say one thing that I agreed with, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Ooh. Claire is talking to Phil about their proms, their respective proms, and Phil's date had smelled like fried chicken. And for Claire's prom, she didn't actually go. She and Parker drank a bottle of champagne and cried together, and they're kind of mourning losing high school. 
And Phil is very complimentary towards Claire. He's telling her that she's perfect. Um, but we see that he's kind of distracting her from her assignment. Well, maybe his penis is. Um, and <laughs> she says she's kind of tired of the whole theory thing and she really wants to work the clay. And we find out that Phil dropped out of music school and he believes that they try to brainwash you and don't let them do it to you. And, great, great, yeah. Phil. So because you want to justify your dropping out, you're going to encourage Claire mm. to maybe not do her best. That's just so supportive. Mm. I was Asshole. I was hoping she wouldn't listen to him. Oh, I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that it's uh, the way he, you know, treats her like complimenting her and everything is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, he's not that good for her. I bet she does have the softest skin. I, I bet she does too. <laughs> Just looking at her. <laughs> um, so yeah, he drops some more compl- compliments, and then she's distracted again. Um, and we go to Lisa, who's uh, preparing to, uh, you know, basically what they're what they should do for the dinner that they're going to have with Keith and David. And Nate doesn't really seem very thrilled that they're coming over. He doesn't really, he hangs out with his brother all day and he doesn't really care about Keith. Um, and uh, then he notices Lisa cleaning Maya's ears with a Q-tip and he thinks that she's being a little bit too rough. It's going a little bit too far and he worries about her hearing. Okay, I need to interject here. <laughs> Medical moment. Okay. There's no reason to stick a Q-tip in your baby's ears. Right. However, it yeah, will not cause ringing in the ears. Doing. It's just a stupid thing to do because babies have self-cleaning ears and their stupid little gooky wax comes out on its own. And you really, when you stick it in the ear, all you do is impact the wax further inside. So just don't mm-hmm. stick Q-tips in your baby's ears, please. That's good to know. I agree Ugh. with you, Moira. I didn't I know that. We, we haven't actually tried cleaning the baby's ears before, but um, if that ever Because you don't up, need to. You don't need to. I mean, yeah. you can take your finger and just clean what you can see right. on the outside, you know, like what's visible with wash your finger. Cloth, a little washcloth or something, you know? Yeah, but you don't need to stick a Q-tip in their ears. Mm-hmm. However, like I said, it won't cause them to ring, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> they argue so much. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, no, they argue a lot. Oh, they never fight, Dad. <laughs> yeah, all they do, they, like, argue, but the way they do it... They just it, kind of bicker, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I call that fighting. They might not call it fighting, but they're fighting. Yeah. yeah. They just doing it passive-aggressively. Yeah. <laughs> and she says that she knows what she's doing with my child, and Nate gets pissed at that mm-hmm. whole terminology. My child. Um, Yeah. So Sarah's calling Ruth again, and... She says that she fell off a ladder and needs Ruth to pick up some Vicodin for her. Next scene, we have Rico wishing David would let him just do the intake alone. And we go into the parents of the Showalters, the Showalter parents, and um, they want a private service. And soon Rico realizes that they're the parents of the, the shooter, Daniel Showalter. And he starts to try to refuse service, but David cuts him right off. Um, and then we go into the office where the David and Rico are arguing and David says that the funeral isn't for the deceased. It's for the living. And Rico says that it's all the parents fault. Well, it may well be, but they certainly didn't want their son to turn out, you know, turn into somebody who murders people. Mm -hmm. I mean, give me a break. Even if they're bad parents, that is, you know, not something they could have ever imagined or wanted to happen. Mm -hmm. They've got as much right to grieve as any other parents. Yeah. True. 
Yeah, I agree. And and you know it it may be a little shocking that they're sitting in the same uh, room in the you know in the same refrigerator or whatever, but I mean they're not. They, David was courteous enough to set up different days for the services. You know, I was really worried that Rico was going to tell the parents of the victims mm-hmm. of something, and they would show up and mm-hmm. cause trouble because he's a douche like that. <sighs> So David asks him if he could just pick up the body, and Rico responds with, fuck you, you pick up the body. <laughs> and my notes for this section just say, Rico, you asshole. <laughs> yep, I concur. <laughs> so at Aunt Sarah's in Topanga Canyon, uh, Ruth arrives to a locked door. Uh, Bettina answers. Oh my yeah, gosh, Kathy Bates! Kathy Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. She, she knows how to hold people hostage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you take my misery joke. Oh, darn it. Anyway, uh, she's just been cleaning upstairs. Puke. Uh, Sarah demands to talk to Ruth alone. Bettina demands the bag that Ruth has. Sarah lunges for the bag, but Bettina wrestles her back. Uh, We find out that she's withdrawing from Vicodin or withdrawing. Yeah, it's Vicodin. Um, And Bettina was asked to help no matter what. And Sarah protests that she was high and on her way back to her bedroom, gives the middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) That bit is kind of funny. (laughs) Uh, So David can't make the appointment with uh, Dr. Frank. And uh, he says that Keith can stay says that Keith needs to let out his anger a bit and pretend that David's here. And so uh, Keith starts running down all the things that he hates about David as if he's there. He's like, I hate your buckwheat pillow. hate your nose spray. and hate that you put your head up, fall asleep with your head on my shoulder. Your head's too heavy. Your head's heavy. (laughs) (laughs) And that he makes him feel like he's his father. And he wanted to avoid fucking his mother by being gay, but now it's too late. I wonder if anything that there's anything that he likes about David. There was a lot of hate. I'm sorry. What's a buckwheat pillow? I'm not really I guess sure. it's filled with buckwheat. Buckwheat. Maybe it's hypothetical. All I could think was uh, little rascals. <laughs> <laughs> you like lay on it and it goes, okay. <laughs> First time I ain't live. Buckwheat's been yeah. shot. <laughs> oh, God. So Frank offers individual therapy to Keith. I like that therapist. Do you think he's being helpful? I think uh, uh, Keith needs it. Yeah, I think he's spot on to suggest that Keith needs individual therapy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So Carol calls Lisa to have her walk her through making uh, a, a vinaigrette, I think, a dressing of some sort. I like I'm to know surprised. how Carol actually survives a day prior to knowing Lisa, because clearly she can't even probably put on her own underpants. <laughs> I'm surprised God. she didn't make her come out there and do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then Nate, uh, it's try you know, makes up with Lisa as Carol is bellowing over the phone. <laughs> and he offers. I think to it's do funny the way they both happily ignore the boss. Yeah. I. Kind of, I yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, and we go to Lackhart's where Claire is chatting up Russell about how close she feels to Phil. And Russell says that uh, even his imaginary friends don't don't like him that much or something like that. <laughs> I knew he'd be important. So uh, Russell thinks Claire is dating Keanu Reeves. 
<laughs> and he calls her yeah, out on so only like, like him. <laughs> <laughs> calls her out on only liking his superficial qualities. Um, and uh, she says that Phil makes her feel smart and talented and pretty. And she realizes that she really likes talking to Russell. He's a good listener. And, uh, you know, if he ever wants to talk to her about any girlfriends that he has, and he says that he's allergic to dating. And we see that Russell is very uh, self-deprecating. And Claire is finding a kindred spirit in Russell. They apparently both eat Captain Crunch at 2 a.m. I think they should get together. Well, Claire says something about him later on. Yeah, yeah later. but how does she know? Did she just assume because, um, you know, she asked him about girlfriends mm-hmm. and he didn't say anything about, you know, liking boys. So didn't maybe she, she just... didn't he, she say um, dating? I don't think she specified. Oh, well, there you go. I'm, I can't Is this the it. same guy that was sketching beside her? Yep. Yes. Okay, yeah. the one you called it, as you said, he was going to show up again. Yeah, because it's Ben Foster. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He from Flash Forward. <laughs> he was also in X Men, the one with Angel. He played Angel, the third one. The yeah. third one. He was in Flash Forward. I have no idea. No, it Not wasn't that. Flash, though, a show on Nickelodeon. He was also in. Oh, okay. Uh, Pretend to Yuma. He was really good in that. Yeah. Um, well, that's a great movie. He was in uh, the one, the Thirty Days of Night. He yeah, was in the Bruce was, Willis yeah. theater, theater, thriller uh, Hostage. Oh. He was in Pandor- Pandorum? Was that it? Oh, Pandorum, yeah. I saw that movie. Yeah. Pandorium? Yeah. All right. <laughs> have you I recognized like- him yet, Moira? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you said well, you said you were really like... I saw 610 to Yuma, but I, don't, I couldn't tell you what he played. I don't know. He was like he the was craziest Charlie one. Charlie Prince. He mm. had a white coat and he was quite, quite camp. You guys are amazing that you remember these people. <laughs> it blows me away. That's because we don't have to remember all this medical knowledge. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> you got too much medical stuff in your head. Yeah, you have oh, all the medical knowledge in there. We just have useless crap. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay, Charlie Prince. <laughs> uh, David and Keith arrive at uh, Nate and Lisa's. And it seems that they weren't looking forward to the dinner either. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know that I didn't really write down what they said, but they have a little slap and tickle when Nate answers the door, I which is the only part of their entire interaction that I actually enjoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we fast forward to we flash forward to uh, <laughs> later in the evening where the boys are uh, around the barbecue and they talk, start, they're talking about, you know, barbecue strategies, how to how to <laughs> prepare meat or whatever. And David just says he likes the apron. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lisa wonders where Maya's blanket is I don't know why I wrote that down um, Keith needs to wash his hands And uh, Actually you know pause on the blanket I thought that was going to go back to Nate Having offered to do the laundry for her And then he misplaced the blanket I was sure that was going to turn into a fight right there mm. Yeah I don't know why else they mentioned it um, Keith- Carry on <laughs> <laughs> Keith needs to wash his hands before dinner And Lisa tells him not to flush It'll wake the baby that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. You do not make sure that there's absolute silence when your baby's sleeping or your baby will be woken up by every single noise ever. Exactly. You just go on as normal with normal noise. I mean, how many times in real life? You know when you're, you, 
Yeah, you know when you're like you're traveling and you're in an airport or something and you see these conked out children that sleep on shoulders everywhere. Children can sleep with noise. Mm-hmm. They, right? They, they, they don't they need sleep any noise. But yeah. if you keep it silent every time they're sleeping then they and don't never ever make noise, then you're going to mess that up. Yeah. Apparently you guys are have it's forgotten because the Lisa whole... is the worst. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, she is. I mean, what I mean in defense it seems that you guys have forgotten the whole, like, you know, trying desperately to get a baby to get to sleep, finally getting them to sleep, and wanting them to stay that way just for a little while so you can have some social interaction with other adults. It's how you get suckered, man. Uh, Sorry, it's how you get suckered. (laughs) All right, well, (laughs) we get a quick scene with uh, Rico looking over the body of Mr. Milne. He puts his wedding ring on his finger, and I. Th- oh wait, 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 wait! Can we go back? Yeah, we forgot sure. something. Keith was chatting with David, and and I. This I'm calling back to our last episode when Mike was our guest host, because mm-hmm. Keith suspects Lisa got pregnant on purpose, How which is something, that? which is something that Mike asked us about. I, mm. I missed that in the episode, yeah. but I am not surprised at all. <laughs> mm. I suspect the same. Because hmm. at first I said no, but the longer time goes on, the more I'm starting to wonder. Well, um, if that turns out to be true, maybe you'll earn a carny point. It's it's <laughs> it's so Lisa, such a passive aggressive way to keep a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. The more we get to know her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, he's putting the wedding ring on the finger. I thought we heard a little snap when he did. That. So did I. That creeped me out. <laughs> Cracked a, f- a joint. Yeah, I didn't. And not the kind that are it. enjoyable to smoke. The other kind. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Nate and Lisa, Lisa rush inside after Keith flushes and Maya wakes up, <laughs> <laughs> and Keith uh, tells David that the baby wasn't even sleeping. Um, and then we hear Nate. It. Yeah. He keeps going, it wasn't sleeping. Yeah, no, it, and what's cute about that is that not one, but both parents have to go rush in, which too, again, in their defense, really is a classic first time parent thing, right? Because you do live and die and breed by everything that your child does. Yeah. So I thought that was, you know, pretty true to life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the monitor's still on. And we hear <laughs> Nate and Lisa talking over the monitor. <laughs> And uh, one of the things that comes up is Keith's irritable bowel syndrome. Wow. <laughs> Keith Jeez. is really pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they end up have, sharing a laugh over Nate and Lisa singing to the baby in unison. <laughs> wow. Uh, so back with Rico and uh, Mr. Milne and uh, uh, Daniel Showalter have risen from the dead to argue about how to deal with shit in their lives effectively. And uh, Rico says he doesn't just take his anger out by shooting everyone. And Daniel says, not yet. And And what's funny... Go ahead, ahead, Dustin. I was going to say, that's the one time I agreed with something Rico said, because he said that a lot of people go through a lot of rough shit, and, you know, not everybody goes around shooting people. And Mm. I agree completely. Can we just... And I agree too, but what Rico does say is, oh, what does he do with his anger? Well, I throw something or I punch a wall. How old are you? How old are you? (laughs) Are you 15 and that's the best you can do? So, you know... See, that's a... Do we lose it? There too. People who do that kind of stuff to more violent. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, I lost my wife. Des, yeah. Des, we, yeah. we lost you. Yeah. 
So you want to, you want to respond, respond what she said again? Sorry. I want to, if I can make this work right. Thank you. Uh, I was just saying though, that that's violence right there. So, yes. you know, I mean, dealing mm-hmm. with it in a violent situation is, you know, not good no matter what. Although punching a wall is better than shooting someone. Yes, but still. It's yeah, I guess, yes, it is better. Right. But I think we both agree. Does this is like Rico. Come on. That really. Well, <laughs> what, if, what if he uh, what if he like, you know, took it to the gym and was just punching a punching bag instead? Would that be more? That would be completely acceptable. So it's just because, the difference. Because you know what? You know the materials. difference is because the difference is because there's nothing destructive about that. Yeah, you're not, you're not throwing it. You're not pitching a fit. You're not having a tantrum. You're not you know breaking a plate. You're not putting a hole in your wall that you have to repair later when you're more sane. Yeah. So that'd be fine. Or go <laughs> yeah. for a run. You know, go for a run or something. Yeah, doing a punching bag, you're also building up, you know, muscles in your body, which is good, you know. You're not just punching a wall and hurting yourself. <laughs> and Rico you know? is kind of a short little guy, so maybe he needs to, you know, build up some musculature. <laughs> and let's face it, Rico probably doesn't want to have anybody come in and fix any more holes in his walls, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Time to pull up Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the dinner is over, and uh, <laughs> Keith finds out how big of a blabbermouth David is when De- uh, Lisa asks about therapy, how that's going. Oh. Well, you know, I can understand Keith getting annoyed by all the stuff that's being told. However, it's his brother and his brother's wife. Of course, David will tell his brother stuff, and of course, his brother will tell his wife stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. With, yeah, it's the family. And I think Lisa... I agree with all of that, Des. I think Lisa probably should have minded her P's and Q's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She should have been more sensitive to realize he might not feel completely comfortable that you know right. all his right. details. Like, come on, Lisa. Ugh. Yeah. Claire, yeah. you wanted to defend Lisa? No. She, <laughs> she, she sucks. <laughs> she's, she's honestly one of my least favorite characters in all all television. <laughs> wow. I, and and we have already established you watch all kinds of TV, so that yes. is saying a lot. I cannot stand her. <laughs> I, I like her better than Rico, but not by a lot. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, Keith and David are a bit surprised when Nate and Lisa say that they never fight. And uh, they're, you know, by the time. (laughs) I have a. Can I tell you a theory I have? Sure. For a moment, it's very brief. Whenever a a person in my lifetime has said to me, with respect to referencing their the couple that they're in at the time, you know, their partner, whenever they've said, "Oh, we never fight," it's like the death toll to the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the last person I can think of who said that to me, they ended up in divorce. Well, I hope that means that this is the end of their relationship. I hope so, too. Because I'm tired of this dream world, and I'm ready to get back to the, you know, this, this alternative world sucks. I'm ready to get back to the real uh, one. The When's Brenda under, coming back? Six feet under uh, red verse. I can tell you right now, Brenda's name is in the credits. So And, and Brenda was in the season three promo, which oh, I watched okay, that Robin so. posted on our Facebook group, Facebook where it group, has yeah, them all yeah. on, the, on the little cube, the little black cube with Coldplay playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And there was Brenda. <laughs> but I hope she comes back soon so she can save Nate because he is so much less interesting with Lisa. And, you know, he's just really lame. Um, basically, I blame Maya for most of it. But Lisa <laughs> oh, had a hand. Leave the baby alone. This is Desiree. Desiree. 
shows. This is why babies ruin shows because he is now a really lame character because of this baby. His storylines are lame. Well, blame no. Lisa because Lisa's the one that made that baby yep. come into being. Okay, <laughs> baby is half Lisa. I blame Lisa and I blame the baby because <laughs> blame half the baby. <laughs> I have, I have a point if, um, if, if in regards to uh, something you were discussing last week. Is that all right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, because um, obviously you guys were saying about um, finding out that Nate is with Lisa. And I don't know if you covered it or not, but I know you were kind of saying that you sort of didn't get why he sort of chose, that why that was the decision that he made. Mm-hmm. But I, one of the things that I don't think you guys referenced, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, was in season two, like towards the end the conversation he had with Aaron, um, a.k.a. Brian Darling, um, <laughs> about where Brian basically said, you know, people don't wait to find the one. They settle, they, they pick someone and they say, I'll take you. Mm. And that always made me think that that was a lot of the reason. That, that it's what That's what it feels like to me. Like, he just settled with Lisa because of yeah. his baby. And it just his life is just like mundane and just who gives a shit i really every time they were on the screen i was like oh who cares you know and everybody knows i love date so this is really sad because i really don't care that much about him anymore wouldn't that as well tie in with the fact that they say they don't argue and stuff because you have to have some kind of passion to argue to get that angry mm-hmm. yeah there's if there's no, no anger and there's no there's nothing then you well, know, it, it kind it, of ties in with the whole just settling thing. Yeah, and what I always think is if you never fight, and when I say fight, I don't mean that you call each other names and you're rude to each other. That's not what I mean. I mean, you, you know, t- you're right, uh, Clary. Yeah, you have arguing. to have passion and you have to uh, care deeply enough that it matters to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think you also have to be honest about what you're really feeling. And when you're when you're covering that up and and glossing everything over and keeping it all nice and even, that's that's not real. That's not a genuine, you know relationship so well i think they're just so committed to making this work that they're both you know kind of trying not to get too crazy at each other you know but that's just stupid yeah 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 it's it's a good thing which is (laughs) because we don't want our listeners to think that we're advocating this behavior rob (laughs) fisher cast says us for guidance as you know Well, the the viewers are the ones suffering. This is all I have to say because this, yeah, you know, the whole storyline with Nate and Lisa is fucking boring. I'm gonna start selling um, some posters that say "Be calm and settle for Lisa." Uh, <laughs> never. <laughs> Claire could make us up one. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then we'll throw darts at it. <laughs> all right, so let's just move on. Um, so yeah, they, they're surprised that Nate and Lisa never fight because they have a baby and, and, uh, they say that, uh, babies don't add stress. They put, they put things into perspective and you'll know when you have kids and then Keith fires back if we have kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then Carol arrives and says, this is my house. <laughs> <laughs> this is my driveway and you're in it. Yes. <laughs> um, and she starts and she pulls Lisa away from the uh, conversation and uh, to her, her best efforts, she tries to get back to it and tries to tell her that they're, she's having a party. Um, but Carol is demanding her attention. And apparently, Melissa Gilbert is her worst enemy. Huh. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, David and Keith are walking back to the car, and David is mad about the whole kids' comment. And Ke- I'm, I'm on Keith's side here. Keith says, everything about us is if. David wishes he was more optimistic, and Keith wants David to wake up. They're living day to day. And that line, when he says that, I think, oh, God, David, get out now. Mm. This man is not committed to you, and he's not going to be, and you need to, you know, just clear out before you get even more hurt. Yeah, he should he should break up with him. I mean, you know, they're in therapy. Of course, things are not great. Uh, why would you want to have a child when things are not great? Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's I mean, that's one that's one thing I agree with Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's... yeah, Keith, uh, David also, you know, Keith, Keith should be a little bit more optimistic. I think. Yeah. Like, you know what? I really, I'm really hoping this works. Really, I really, well, you know? apparently he's not hoping it works yeah. because you know he's not very optimistic about it. So David should just move on. Well, that's the thing that calls back to the whole therapy thing. Do you think Doctor Frank helped this or like kind of you know enabled this this whole? attitude that Keith has right now? Okay, but a therapist's job isn't to glue a couple together. Their job is to illuminate what's really going on so you can see better what your your choices are and then make a decision that's healthy for you. And that sometimes means a therapist helps a couple to split up. Right. And if they're, I mean, if they're going to split up, the therapist is not going to make them split up. Their issues are going to make them split up. Mm-hmm. If they're right. going to stay together, then the therapist is not going to make them stay together. But, you know, their issues will help them stay together. So I don't blame the therapist for anything. No. He's, he's just like um, Moira said, illuminating, you know, the, the problems and everything so that they can see what it is that they need to work on. So is David the Lisa in this? Uh... <laughs> or is yeah. he the Nate? <laughs> No, he's the Lisa. Lisa. Well, I don't know. I don't know because Nate's kind of just doing it for the baby and everything, you know. Doing I mean, it all for my baby. Or is David the Ruth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might be. <laughs> yeah, because Ruth put up with a lot from yeah. Nate Sr. Yeah. And his secret room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Sarah's having the shakes. She's going through uh, this withdrawal symptoms. I I loved all the way she portrayed the narcotic withdrawal. I have to say that because it, it, it's it, pretty true to life. So I guess we're going to see more of Aunt Sarah because otherwise, why would we care? If she's getting clean. Yeah. I well, mean, I we've mean, only it's Ruth's met her. sister. That could be yes. Nothing. So <laughs> I enjoy her, Des. I do. I mean, I don't. I know you don't, but I do because she just breathes a different element into. I like into her Ruth. Some, and, I liked her some in this episode. I I think I like how sassy she was. And yeah, there's <laughs> comedy yeah. relief here. Yeah, that was that was kind of fun. But other than that, I don't really care that much about her, and I don't feel like I should because we've only seen her what two episodes, and now this one. You know, she has a drug problem. I don't care. How many how many her. episodes is it going to take for you to love Aunt Sarah? Um. <laughs> Probably she would have to be in most of them. All right. You know? So, well, so in that in that respect, in that respect, uh, by the end of season three, you will love Lisa. Uh, no, no, I won't because I don't love Rico. <laughs> I don't love Rico. I, That's I'll true. Never, <laughs> Why don't you love Rico? <laughs> because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a rhetorical question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
<laughs> so I don't know what Bettina was giving Sarah to shut her up. I wasn't sure if she was giving her a Vicodin or if she was giving her some something oh, else. Oh, I think she said Ambien. Ambien, a sleeping yeah. pill. No, there was something before there was that. There something before that, too, yeah. I, I didn't catch it, but it wasn't Vicodin. It was probably something that was, you know, take the edge off a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, it. yeah, it was a benzodiazepine. Yeah. Mm. Ah, yeah, okay. that makes sense. Thank you. I would never pull that little. out okay. of anywhere. Um, and then I, I wrote the word diarrhea down. I, uh-huh. Yeah. That's a big feature yeah. of withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And then Ruth yells at her about the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that. (laughs) Well, this is what it gets you. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh, She's so superior. When uh, when I'm a more mature lady, I want to be Bettina. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that Kathy Bates, damn it, she just doesn't do a poor job in anything. Yeah. She's awesome. I can't think of anything she's bad in. Um. Yeah. Speaking of feeling superior, Lisa feels sorry for Keith and David. So many problems. Why do they stay together? Uh, I'm with you, Lisa. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah, but it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. Yes, yes it is. (laughs) And speaking of problems, uh, Nate used the wrong laundry detergent. And now she's got to wash them all over again. But why would you, if you can't use Tide... Why would you have Tide in the house? Exactly. That's a very good question. I agreed with Nate. Perhaps perhaps it was Carol's Tide. Don't they share a house? Uh, or leftover Tide from pre But true. Lisa doesn't do Carol's laundry. She's her chef. Right. Why wouldn't she throw it out then if it's leftover? Mm, you know what I mean? And, and my other little tidbit point is, tr- honest to God, Tide is the most allergenic, worst mm. damn laundry detergent you can use. It's horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Horrible. When we have pe- people come with allergies, I always ask them that. Are you using Tide? Okay, stop with the Tide. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> well, maybe the, Sorry, Tide, but it's true. Maybe the writers did a uh, quick uh, Lyco search for most maybe. terrible detergent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Listen, we aim to inform here. Come on. You know, I don't I don't see Lisa as a person who would use Tide anyways. I see her as someone who would use, like, 7th Generation. Yeah, something. those green products mm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Did they have those in 2003? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nate diffuses the situation and says he'll do the laundry over again himself. Which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this isn't one of the fir- this isn't the first time we've seen Nate do this in this episode. He's been constantly like, I'll do that. I'll do that. Don't worry. It's okay. I'll take care of that. Yeah. He's doing a lot of pandering mm. to keep things. Lisa wears so. the pants. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She's a bit of a control freak for yeah. a hippie, mm. you know? Um, the show alter wake uh, begins, and then the parents show up, and Rico uh, abruptly is like, he's right in there. And David brings them in nicely, and Rico tells David he could have done something awful with the embalming. Uh, and they bicker back and forth and David calls him on his whole black and white outlook on things. Uh, I agree. I hate people who only see things in black and white. The world is gray. Mm. Mm. Um, back in uh, Topeka Canyon, Sarah's still going through withdrawal <laughs> and uh, Ruth asks her how long she's been doing the Vicodin and Sarah says it's been off and on for years 
And it's because she's no longer the youngest and the prettiest in the room. And then Bettina's wow. eyes roll out of her head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the way they react to that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Ruth's offering her a sandwich and Sarah wants to spice up her sandwich. And then Bettina grabs her and w- demands to know where the- where she's hiding the Vicodin. And then and Sarah tells her. And then Bettina says, we need some air. So Bettina starts to tie Sarah <laughs> to the bed. And then she'll then she breaks her legs. So she'll write a book for her. <laughs> <laughs> no, dirty, dirty. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth, uh, Ruth helps her tie her to the bed, and when Sarah protests, <laughs> she threatens to break her arm. And Bettina gives a shocked look. Oh uh, man, love it. Ruth and Bettina Ruth, walk outside, and we find out as Bettina falls into a hammock that she's calm because she's on a bit of like in herself. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. She offers Ruth one. Sarah screams from the house. She'll kill them both. And Ruth decides to take half of one. That's so good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we're back at the Fisher residence. Uh, Ruth is not coming home tonight. Phil and Claire are there looking for something to eat. And Nate is a bit surprised to see Phil. Um, And Nate asks her to pick up some bodies. And he walks, walks out to the sun porch with a beer and settles in front of the TV. Lisa calls and he lies about being busy. Mm-hmm. And redneck redneck Nate drinks his beer. <laughs> Just another little hole in the relationship wall. <laughs> I can't imagine any of you weren't happy to see <laughs> Nate being <laughs> like this. Like, yes, Nate, destroy this relationship with your yep. with your selfish behavior. <laughs> uh, okay, so Phil asks Claire if she likes Lisa, and she tells Phil a bit about Brenda. Phil was surprised by that. Um, Phil offers to hang out with her next weekend. Claire gets a little worried about that, and Phil says, well, I didn't want you to think we're exclusive. I, I see other women. Until you get to know somebody, you never really know them. Um, and he asks her, you know, hey, maybe you should go after that Russell guy. And Claire says that he's gay. Um, Claire ponders the whole non-exclusively, non-exclusivity clause in their relationship uh, and seems to be getting a little bit upset. But when Phil asks, him, asks her if she wants him to leave, she gets distracted again. <laughs> well, I took it to mean that she thought it through and said to herself, Okay, fine. Screw it. I'll use him for sex. I thought that she thought it through, thought, well, um, maybe he'll change his mind and I'll just be a girl and, you know, try and get him to like me. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can see it by um, either one of those ways. I don't know. I kind of thought it was like Claire... Claire, does, I don't think Claire is one that'd be like, I could just use him for sex. I think, yeah. uh, you know, he's complimented her so much, built her up so much. She's just kind of now ad- addicted to that a bit and wants more of that. And if she has to deal with him being with other girls, you know, she's trying to convince herself that she might be okay with that. God, I hate that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, you know, Claire's, Claire's trying to be, you know, it's like, all right, I'm out of high school. This is what adults do. All right. Um, you know, there's you don't have to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Maybe you know that's kind of how I I took it too. Yeah, sometimes you know when you're a girl and you like someone and you know they don't really like you back, but then you keep hoping that maybe they'll change their mind, and you know, so yeah. 
I think boys do that too, Des. Yeah, probably. But I'm a girl, so I know it from the girl point of view. You know, I don't know as much from the guy point of view. Um, At the Diaz home, Uh. Rico comes in (laughs) and he seems to be having a bit of a hard time decompressing. Vanessa is in a terrible mood and Julio is watching SpongeBob at a deafening volume. Carney cast crossover. Yay. Uh, uh, he should have. Yeah, I thought of Carnicast too. <laughs> um, he should have just thrown something at the TV, you know. Or, you know That's what he's supposed to punch, do, isn't he? Punch his kid or something, well, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I kind of was I, I was. I was happy how this turned out because, you know, you think he's going to explode, you know? Yeah. But, but he just turns down the TV and he sits down with his son and kind of sighs. But, you know, because he has it right in his head that, um, you know, when the guy said, you know, not yet for him going around and shooting up people. So he has it in his head. But what's, what about when it's no longer right there in his head about, you know, his anger issues and he's not thinking about that? Mm. He could just go off and explode. You know, it's funny because as you say that, his anger issues made me think about Keith. But, but it's true. And every time we see Rico recently... He always looks pissed. He always looks resentful. He always looks sullen. Yeah. And, you know, when we first met Rico, I didn't think of him as an angry person. Yeah. He was, but he was I, kind no. of fun in the beginning, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I do now. He's he's just, he's um, petulant. He's like a little petulant child. Mm. Yeah. Particularly as he's got what he was whining about for the entire first season, which is becoming a partner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he's not happy with it. It's nope. Weird. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll die soon. So. The whole Diaz family. You know. We need to think of new creative ways to kill Rico. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a, a fall. A seg- fall from a, a, a segment. <laughs> a new segment for Fisher Cast: How to Kill Rico. Yeah, how to kill Rico. <laughs> Send your emails. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lisa has a list of things for Nate to grab. And then she reminds him, like Yoda, that there is no try, there is do, or I will just do it myself. Um, they... well, I hate the fact that she's like, are you going to the store tomorrow? And he's like, oh, okay, I can. Oh, good, because I've put the list and I expect you to do it. Anyway. And there's like, just so there's passive aggressive. Oh. Multiple stores that she needs him to go to, too. Yeah, you know, I, so... Yeah, she didn't just say, can you go to the store for me tomorrow? She asked, are you going to the store? Yeah, exactly. It's just her stupid passive-aggressive way. Well, if there's anything that they can agree on besides how much they love Maya, it's how much they hate (laughs) Carol. Uh, And her bush. And her huge bush. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, they snuggle up, and then we realize we see that Maya is sleeping between them, and it's just their... Fisher happy home. Yep. Family bad. <laughs> Family bad. Um, and then the last scene is Ruth and Bettina <sighs> drinking wine in a hammock. Um, hammocks were something that Ruth had always been kind of scared of because she's seen a lot of people getting into hammocks and getting in accidents on TV. Um, but <laughs> Ruth loves how peaceful Topanga Canyon is as Sarah is bellowing away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the credits play I, I, and uh, it's interesting because we hear the ladies are bonding and we see yes. at the end Ruth has a new friend I I knew Ruth was having a good time as soon as I saw that her hair was down yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> so great okay well, um, I specifically requested to guest on this episode 
because it it had Bettina in it, and I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And how, I love Sarah as well. How Yay. many episodes? Uh, how much is Kathy uh, Bates going to be on? She's a pretty big name wow, for a hold... TV show like this. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're not going to tell you. Well, yeah. I you know I want her and Ruth to be friends, but I don't <laughs> see that as you know her being on the show that often because you know she's such a big name sorry if you like bettina you're gonna have to deal with this universe yeah i don't like her that much (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this universe sucks yeah and i kind of like the how they did the credits at the end of this just you know playing the credits and you hear them kind of giggling back and forth I liked it too, and yeah. normally I turn the credits off, but I listened to the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. They're chatting about uh, being hobos and let's go look <laughs> for men, and they were so hilarious. Uh, so, uh, all right, well, that's our open casket viewing. I hope everybody enjoyed that, and now we'll take a little break and hear from our friends at CarneyCast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Calling all carnies, freaks, and roustabouts. Roll up, roll up, and come and check out CarnyCast. I'm Claire, and I'm a huge fan of the critically acclaimed HBO show Carnival. Not seen it? Well, until recently, neither had these guys. I'm Matt. I'm Naomi. And I'm Tammy. Together, inspired by other intro casts, we are watching the show and reviewing it episode by episode. Whether you're already a fan of the show, or, like Matt, Mel and Tammy, just watching it for the first time, CarniCast is perfect for you. And if you're watching it for the first time, don't worry, there are no spoilers here. You can visit us at carnicast.blogspot.com or find us on iTunes and Facebook by searching for CarniCast. Let's shake some dust, children! <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. That was known as the world's slowest promo. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it at two times speed if you like. Yay! <laughs> uh, so if I can encourage you uh, so much not to listen to that show, um, it would just be by playing that promo. Um, it was awful. <laughs> very awful. Um, yeah, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> She's confident. She's not needy like Carol. <laughs> Well, she always has a list of things for um, her her co-hosts to do at the end of the show. So. I do. I'm very bossy. <laughs> Matt always manages to get out of it. <laughs> Matt's management. He's, he's a slacker. <laughs> he's such a slacker. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, definitely listen to that podcast and uh, support the lovely Claire. The Claire, the Claire that always gets the lovely before the, the Claire. Um, and can I say a belated happy birthday? Because I missed that. Yeah. My <laughs> recent return from holidays, et cetera, et cetera. My brain's been not quite <laughs> functional. Oh, thank you, Moira. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So let's get on to Fisher of the Week. And this is where we award the Fisher family member who is our favorite this week and why. So, Des, uh, you were going to pick Maya, right? <laughs> Only if I could slap her around a little. <gasps> oh. You <laughs> evil person. Can I, can I say, Maya, Maya is not a fisher. She's a fisher Kimmel. No, she's a fisher. Lisa, no, Lisa and Maya are fishers now. No, they're Lisa's Kimmel's a fisher? Well, fisher Kimmel. Well, they're married, they're right? Married. Aren't they? 
But she's a Fisher by she, marriage. She has both surnames. I already designated that they're Fishers last week. It's already it's no, already written no in ink. No one is ever going to pick Lisa, so it's okay, and probably not Maya. Hey, you never unless know. They have no one else to pick. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to pick Ruth because she made a friend, Yay. and she let her hair down, and I like when she lets her hair down. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to our guest, Claire. Ray. Sorry. Ray. <laughs> Did you say Ray. Murray? Oh. <laughs> Murray? Murray? She said Ruth. <laughs> I, sorry, it must have been a connection thing for me. Because, <laughs> or my ears. Um, Lisa was cleaning David my ears was... too hard. Yeah, get that Q-tip out your ears, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> All I hear is um, David was, was, I agree with, uh, even though I love David, I agree with Keith in this episode. David was quite whiny um, and needy. Uh, um, Nate, ugh, all his scenes were with Lisa, so I can't vote for him. Um, <laughs> and... Who else is there? Claire didn't really register in this episode. So Ruth, because she was awesome when she um, snapped at Sarah and she made a friend. Mm. And she took Vicodin and and went in a hammock. <laughs> well, she's had E before, so what's a little Vicodin? Yeah. yeah. What's a little Vicodin between friends? <laughs> Moira? Ruth. <laughs> Ruth with Ruth. For all the reasons that the other two ladies just said. <laughs> That's that. I, I can't imagine picking any other Fisher except if Nate Sr. was in this episode just for like a second, just saying hi and then walking <laughs> off the screen. It's got to be Ruth. So shots all around. Boo! I mean, I definitely enjoyed the episode. I just enjoyed all the Ruth things, all the scenes of Ruth so, so much more than any other. Like whenever that they went back, to, I, maybe it's just I love Topanga Canyon. I love that whole set. I love the whole... I don't know. It's really pretty. Yeah. It it mm. looks like a place that would be so peaceful mm. and relaxing, except for Sarah. <laughs> Sarah if Sarah scary. wasn't there. <laughs> yes, I'd like the two person hammock with the butterfly over top, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to lie in with my wine. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into our listener eulogies where we uh, get some feedback. Um, and we have a couple of bits of feedback. We actually have a voicemail from Steph. So let's play that now. Desiree and Moira, this is Stephanie. Um, Nate has. Am I recording? Okay. Nate spent all season two dealing with the uh, the fact that he may die. So he's now ready for commitment. He now realizes how much what's her face Lisa loved him and how he took her for granted and that he's ready to settle down and become a family that is why he is with what's her face Lisa this season because um, he grew up dealing with uh, the fact that he might die I can't wait to come on there in a couple episodes and set y'all straight bye Okay, can I reply now? Yes, you can. Can I rebut? Okay, first of all, Steph, just because you're a grown-up doesn't mean you have to marry someone you don't love because clearly in season two, he didn't love Lisa. Why does he love her now? Just because they have a baby together? No, you don't love someone just because you have a baby with them. So... He doesn't have to marry her just because he's a grown-up and ready for commitment. There are other fish in the sea, and, you know, he can marry somebody he actually loves. So I think marrying someone you don't love is worse than not committing at all. How do you like that, Steph? 
<laughs> I want to hear what Moira has to say too. Um, I I, th- I think Steph was trying to project herself into the mind of Nate and try to understand what his motivation might be. I guess to yeah. in his defense, I suppose, yeah. and and maybe that is what his thinking was. But I tend to agree with Des. Like I said before, I think. Sure, he might realize that he needs to grow up and think about Maya and think about what his responsibilities are, but I just don't think that that necessarily had to entail marrying Lisa. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Well, in Steph's, Steph's defense, I don't, I don't know if she's exactly saying it was the right choice. It's just what Nate's thinking, and that's where, he, that's where he's coming from right now. But yeah, I think so. That's what she's trying to say. Yeah. That might be his motive, right? Yeah. But we still don't agree. And I don't think, from the way he's behaved in this episode, has he grown up at all, people? <laughs> no. No. He, no. He's sliding. I think he's sliding oh. a little bit with that whole sun porch scene, definitely. Oh, yeah. All right. Plus, oh, by the way, Steph, were you in the car with the windshield wipers flapping? Was that what? Is <laughs> what that noise was and the rhythmic sound in the back? I love when we get, uh, you know... If you ever get like a voicemail where, you know, you're like listening to the podcast wherever you are and you have to stop it and make a <laughs> make a quick uh, voice memo and send it in because, you know, you're incensed by what you heard. So I, I definitely encourage that. It's awesome. I definitely encourage that. Uh, Claire, do you have any response to Steph? I love that Steph just kept calling Lisa what's her name. So, <laughs> Steph, you're awesome. <laughs> All right. And we have one more. I was wondering if it was going to come and it came in under the bell. I've been pre-warned about this one. Oh, uh, <laughs> Brad has emailed again. Uh, it, it, according to my email, it was at 420 in the morning. Uh... Well, he doesn't sleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Brad messaged me um, I'd only been up about an hour this morning I got up quite early and he messaged me to say that he'd just watched Six Feet Under and sent you guys feedback and he um, was just about to watch Carnival and was going to send us feedback and then I said to him I can't believe that you're still awake because it must have been like as you said like five or four or five o'clock this morning and his response was basically you do remember who you're talking to don't you <laughs> I was like oh yes you don't sleep I forgot <laughs> yeah when he does sleep he wakes up bloody and screaming <laughs> yes poor, poor Brad <laughs> all right so who's gonna read his email uh we should have Claire do it I think so too oh yeah. okay oh we have to forward it to her then <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh dear! Just uh, put it in the Skype chat. Yeah, put it in Skype oh, chat. Okay, I can do that. I'll make Skype chat really big. That's okay. what Claire does on her podcast. Yeah. <laughs> None of this fancy stuff for you know us. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's so fancy. Um, I always love that Brad doesn't 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 it just starts his emails like feedback like almost halfway through a sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. The the actual subject line is uh, three by two, which you know season three episode two. You never know unless you look through the somewhat translucent wall, and that's where the email ah. starts. Okay, David singing in the Mikado gave me a flashback. I had to sing the same song in German when I played a Nazi collaborating Jewish pedophile in a concentration camp a few years ago. Literally the most blatantly despicable character ever imagined. Unfortunately, the playwright had merely done a direct literal translation of the song, so it didn't fit the music at all. It was awkward on all fronts. (laughs) Tra-la-la-la-la. Or how did David sing it? Mm Tra-la-la-la-la. That Q-tip business gives me a flashback to Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Nice hearing from you, Carlos. <laughs> I, I 
have no idea if that's the voice. Uh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Fuck Rico. Judgmental douche of the universe. David should headbutt him with his giant heavy head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of semi-translucent walls in a psychologist's office seems like a terrible idea. Do you really want random passerbys watching you in there? Catherine O'Hara is the best. She wins six feet under. <laughs> what if what if Lisa and Rico ran away together to start a commune for Lamos? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ruth and Kathy Bates might actually run away together. And then hashtag secret hammock ha- oh hang on. Hashtag secret hammock banging. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> uh, well if he calls uh, an affair between uh, Ruth and Bettina he gets a carny point as well yeah I'm going to stop with the Fisher points I'm just gonna... season 6 Robin yeah sure oh, there's any... <laughs> I don't know <laughs> alright so let's get on to our last rites our final thoughts in the episode and of course our ratings let's start with our guest Claire what is your I love I love this episode because I love Bettina. She's awesome. <laughs> and I love Aunt Sarah and I love Ruth in this episode. Um and that is enough to gloss over the 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 person that shall not be named. Um and <laughs> um, I even really I even like the stuff with Keith and, and David because I think we get to see it a bit more from Keith's point of view in this episode. Oh sorry, that's it. my mobile. So there we go. Silence. Um so I really like it. I'm going to give it eight and a half little buckwheat pillows out of ten. <laughs> uh, Moira, um, I this episode was was okay. I didn't love it, but the parts that I like seem to uh, mesh quite nicely with the parts that Claire like mm. likes. I mean, I think the best bit was with Aunt Sarah and Ruth. I just love the way she handled her, and Ruth's, Ruth's eyes were opened up more to who Sarah really is and what her issues are. Um, I also like the fact that we see little seeds of potentially the death throes of both the relationships of David and Keith, and also of <laughs> Nate and she who shall not be named. So, <laughs> so that gives me hope that perhaps we'll get out of the universe we don't like and sidestep into one that we like a bit more. <laughs> so there you go. So I will give this episode Seven out of ten little happy Vicodin tablets. <laughs> <laughs> Des? Okay. Um, I could not care less about uh, Nate and Voldemort's relationship. <laughs> um, she said it. <laughs> um, I really am. I could. I didn't care that much about uh, Aunt Sarah either. Although there were a few moments that weren't that bad. Um, uh, I, I, this episode got an extra point because there was a scene where Nate was shirtless. Um, but I'm going to give it three bowls of Captain Crunch out of 10. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, let me summarize this by saying it's really hard to see our fishers in really terrible places. And it's hard to see three of them already. <laughs> just, just horrible, horrible places. Um, it just terrible relationships and not feeling very confident in themselves and, or not making the right choices. But, um, it's good to see Ruth pull a little bit out of her, her horrible place and, uh, get to spend it with her new friend. So I am going to give it seven out of 10 cockadoody dirty birdies. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get it. 
get out of the Doctor Duty car. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So let's bury this birthday cake. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice one. Uh, okay, you can visit us at fishcast.blogspot.com. You can leave a voicemail at one five four one two embalm, and you can visit us on the Facebook. Or you can email us at uh, fishercast1 at gmail.com. You can leave a voice memo the way that Steph did because we love your passion. Um, and we like to hear from you. <laughs> and Claire, where can we find you on the web? You can find me on Connie Cast. Carney Cast. Carney Cast. Which is a intro cast for Carnival. Um, and I'll be, uh, I think I'm cropping up on a few other things coming up soon. Um, Ramjack, I'm on the next episode of that, I think. Yay. Uh, Egypt Cast, Other Lost Podcast, and Bath's, uh, Resurrection Cast, I'm also popping up on. Cause I'm wow. Egypt. You like the new Robin. Egypt? I'm an oh Yeah, Egypt it, Cast. Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. You kind of say it like, uh, what's his face? Like Bobby. 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 <laughs> And also on uh, mine and Desi's future podcast, Monkey Slutcast. <laughs> I cannot wait for that one. Save me, Barry. <laughs> Save me, Barry. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I do want to actually give a little plug for uh, Resurrection Cast. I was on it recently myself and had a good time, a good conversation. And uh, I do love the BSG, so... Which episode were you on, Robin? Was I was the on the one for You Can Never Go Home. That's yet to be released. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, Des, where can we find you on the web? Um, you can find me with uh, Steph on What's On With Steph and Des, a weekly podcast dedicated to television, specifically what we're watching. And you can go to What's On With Steph and Des.blogspot.com. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you can find Moira in Topanga Canyon drinking wine with Ruth and Bettina. Yay! I thought I'd be nice to you this week. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> and as well on the Twitter, at Moira Brown, with an E. And uh, Claire, thank you so much for being with us this week. Um, and uh, maybe we'll see you again this later this season because no one's signing up for later episodes. Is it just because the season sucks? <laughs> no one wants to be in the alternative universe. Aww. As I've said before, and I'll try and be as cryptic as I can. I thought it was three, but it's actually four of my favorite Six Feet Under. Like supporting characters pop up in this season. Mm. Wow. We know Bettina is one. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Hopefully, uh, Nate's next girlfriend will be another one. Mm. Uh, and hopefully, David's next boyfriend will be another <laughs> one. That's hope. <laughs> Maybe Claire's next boyfriend, even. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> well, that's it for Fisher Cast this week. Next week, your homework is The Eye Inside, and we were go going to be joined by new Undertaker, Tammy. Woohoo! Yay, Tammy. Who can bring her death mask uh, costume to the party. <laughs> That's fine. Um, as for You Never Know, we therefore... We therefore... <laughs> He's a pirate. We therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes. And dust to and dust. 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 Bye, everybody. Bye. Early in the morning, I'm sitting in bed. She comes to me. Her 